You're listening to an exclusive soundbite series brought to you by Wired for Wonder, a proud innovation by Combank and The Moment HQ. Prepare yourself as we take you on a mini journey to reignite your curiosity, foster wonderment and send creativity bustling through your veins. Hello and welcome to the Wired for Wonder and The Moment HQ soundbite series. I'm your host, Monica Cade. Today we've got JP Sears, who is an emotional healing coach, international teacher, event speaker, world traveler, and curious student of life. His work empowers people to live more meaningful lives. He's very active on his YouTube channel, Awaken with JP, where he encourages healing and growth through his entertaining, informative, humorous, and inspiring videos, including his ultra spiritual comedy series, which I'm sure many of you have already seen. So let's dive right in. Hi, JP. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Monica. You're very welcome. Thank you for being weird enough to invite me on. (laughs) Pleasure. So you've grown your business very creatively and it's probably also happened very organically as well and I was hoping that maybe you know you could share how you use creativity in your business yeah I I love the question and how I use creativity is it's my guiding light it's my north star if you will it's I don't personally I don't have the mindset how can I use creativity to support my business and enhance my business it is simply how can I be creative? And then from there, it's okay, what kind of business stuff can I throw behind this? Mm. So I, I, to sound a little bit uh, uh, religious, I am a devout servant of my creativity. So I, I think everybody has a significant source of creativity that flows through them. I think it's a river of life. If you're a human being, you got it, in my opinion. Mm. Doesn't mean you know of it. Doesn't mean you're incredibly tapped in. Uh, so, but nonetheless, that river of life, honoring it and uh, letting my creative expression come out, be it through videos, perspective sharing, uh, whatever it might be, is my main priority. And, and that feels good. And then that seems to have paved the way and continues to pave the way for business opportunities that I then kind of notice in hindsight of like, oh, I'm doing these uh, videos getting a lot of views, um, and sponsors are coming to me. Mm-hmm. I guess that can be part of the business here. Yeah. Um, as opposed to thinking business first and how can creativity, uh, support that? I'd imagine that works well for some people. That's just not my way of doing it. Mm. I like that you've touched on that because I've noticed for myself and I'm sure the listeners have too, that, our society now, and especially because we're so connected on social media, there's all this information telling us what we need to do in our businesses to grow our businesses. And I personally feel that, you know, I think you got to go with that feeling, that gut instinct that's guiding you towards something, you know, like maybe you enjoy using Instagram, but doesn't mean that you have to go and use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Like I would love to know your perspective on that. Like, you know, you've touched on it just then to follow the creativity and see where it guides you. But do you feel that we have to follow the rules or can we just actually go by gut instinct and grow our business that way? Well, I think uh, both are 
good. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a big fan of don't follow the rules. So I would say use the rules. Don't follow them. Mm-hmm. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger said it best. For success, break all the rules, just don't break the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think breaking the rules means we we don't follow them, we use them to our advantage. And the, the parts that are like constriction to us, it's like, okay, I'm an Instagram person, so then all these other rules. If that feels like constriction, then I don't think there's any problem with throwing those parts of the rules out. Mm-hmm. But it, the parts of the rules that I might follow as I'm, you know, following my heart and my instinct with what I want to put out there is, um, I'll start to notice, okay, like now present day, there's sort of a rule where you don't just put a link to a YouTube video onto Facebook. Mm. It just doesn't work very well. The Facebook algorithms bury it. Very few people will see it. Uh, and, and I didn't follow, I didn't use that rule to my advantage for a long time. I was like a YouTube purist. So once I started, you know, I was still following my heart the whole time. But then once I said, okay, like as a supplement to that, I see this is kind of a trend thing. Uh, people are letting me know about it. And I can just upload a video directly to Facebook as opposed to like trying to get traffic to my YouTube channel. And that did nothing but magic for me. It also helped the YouTube channel, but... So follow your heart and use rules is mm. kind of what makes sense to me. I think over strategizing can kill the creative spirit. Mm. Uh, and I think it can make things not very much fun. And I think strategies are there not as a foundation, but as structures to add to what our solid foundation is. And I think our solid foundation comes from, our heart, our creativity, our mind, our inf- uh, the information we have to serve people. Uh, so I think that's where the real value is. But in strategies can enhance how we convey that and therefore the traffic we get or the attention we get or whatever it is. But I think when we just try to value strategies, because we live in a, you know, a society where now we have Facebook uh, ads that are selling courses on Facebook marketing. So we have Facebook marketers that are just marketing their Facebook marketing courses. Mm-hmm. So it's just an immense valuing of strategy. And I think that's like trying to build a house that is not on a foundation. Mm. So important. I think it's very well worded and I really like that, uh, that perspective a lot. In our world, we're always encouraged to be curious and look outside of us and explore However, we're not always encouraged to be curious about ourselves and go within. So Mm. how do you, when you work with your clients, encourage them to be more curious about themselves? Yeah, one of the first things I like to invite people to do is to consider the idea that it is not only okay to not know, it's actually very beneficial to not know. Mm. And I think when we can grasp that, then we can it it psychologically feels safer for us to ask ourselves questions about ourselves that we don't yet have the answer to. Typically, when we have a mindset of only certainty, not curiosity, but only certainty, we're only willing to ask and consider questions 
that we already know. Mm-hmm. And those questions are very useless because they only point us back into the known, what's familiar. But I think the mystery of who we are, it's a wonderful exploration. I think it's why life takes so long. It's because we have so much about the mystery of ourselves to explore. So if we can be okay not knowing and either ask ourselves big questions that we initially don't know the answer to mm-hmm. uh, or uh, work with teachers, coaches, advisors, um, authors who will ask us questions that we don't even know how to ask ourselves. Mm. So I, I do think questions is a big part of it. The curious person is just like a two-year-old. They walk around asking mm. why. Yeah. Why? Why? It, curiosity is communicated through questions. Certainty is communicated through statements. Do you feel that as we grow older, we lose our sense of curiosity? I think some people do, and I don't think it needs to be a a prophecy for all of us. I believe most people do. I don't think it's an automatic thing that happens. I think, to me, curiosity is like a muscle. If we don't use a given muscle, it will atrophy and waste away. If we don't use our curiosity, which I think is one of our strongest uh, muscles of our psyche, then it too will waste away. And uh, it doesn't have to. Mm. But just like the old saying goes, if if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And that that doesn't even rhyme because it's just repeating the word it twice in one <laughs> sentence. I was going to say uh, it rhymes, so it's got to be true. <laughs> Can you tell me what you do to foster creativity in your life? Well, first off, I have specific days on my schedule blocked out for creativity, all of Tuesday and half of Wednesday, where I'm either writing, I'm doing videos. So I make deliberate time for creativity, because if I don't do that, I can have creative urges, but I don't have space Mm. to put that creativity into. So I just walk around creatively constipated and start to get resentful about other things in life, because I don't know how to really say like, I'm frustrated that I can't express this creative energy. So to me, making deliberate space for it is so important. And that's scary for some people. It's been scary for me because it's like, I don't know if I'm going to have anything creatively come through me (laughs) during that time. So it's like, we can approach that time. Like I might be a failure if I don't create anything. And I think uh, that's something we need to uh, just be okay with. Like, it's okay if you're afraid of failing creativity, go forward anyway. And then I would say something else is I've gotten really good to saying yes to opportunities that feel good in my heart, even though my head has no idea how I'll do them. Mm. Uh, and that, that sort of walking on a tight rope without a safety net in you, it, it just makes you really good at walking that tight rope. So that amount of pressure, not life-threatening pressure, not horrible pressure, but pressure, that actually is a stimulus that helps my creativity um, become stimulated and inspires. Mm-hmm. Uh, inspire. Well, do you have moments where you feel like you're, I'm going to use writer's block because most people understand the term, but do you experience moments like that in your work and how do you get out of them? In a way, yes, but how I deal with it is probably different than the normal writer's block technique of just sit there and be frustrated and staring at a blank page. Mm -hmm. 
so yes, I do feel blocks and my solution to it is, uh, start writing anyway. Uh, and, and that is scary because there's the heat of the critical voice inside my head that says, that's crap, that's crap, that's crap. I'm just going to throw this away tomorrow. This is a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. And I give myself permission. Like, I might throw it away tomorrow. Turns out I never have. But just writing anyway, I think writer's block, for me, it's mostly the intimidation of a critical voice. And the critical voice is so strong. As, you know, the voice is more of a feeling, but yeah. the critical voice is so strong that, you know, it's criticizing what we're creating before it's even created. Mm-hmm. So it's like we don't even expose it. It's just like if there was gunfire outside your house or you thought there was gunfire, you wouldn't even come out of your house mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like, okay, I come out of my house. Now I discover there's a scary environment out here. So, you know, I, I, to me, one of the, the most important things that I've learned to do is when I feel afraid or intimidated, even by my own internal critical feelings, is walk forward anyway. Mm-hmm. And to me that... You know, I, I don't want to sound cliche, and I know sa- saying I don't want to sound cliche is one of the most cliche <laughs> things we can say. So I really don't want to sound cliche <laughs> when I say that uh, it takes courage. And to me, courage isn't the absence of fear. That's the easy stuff. There's no courage needed. To me, courage is being afraid but moving forward anyway. To me, that's what real courage is. And I think our deal is, you know, uh, as a creative person that we all are, is to invite ourselves to move forward anyway. Mm. It's interesting. I've noticed for myself in my life where the more I go through those moments of feeling that fear and walking through it, then next time it comes around, you know, you feel that much stronger that you can go through it and you'll still experience that. Oh shit. I don't feel like I can get through this, but somehow you do. And then it's like, the more you do it, the stronger you become and the more aware you become when it happens. And you can recognize that this is just part of the process. And I got through the last time so I can do this too. For sure. The first time doing anything is the scariest. But funny thing happens, just like you said, we get stronger. Mm -hmm. So the next time might be challenging, might be a lot more. It might be very challenging, but we're stronger. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it likely won't be as challenging as the first time. It's just like, you know, I've done cliff jumping before. And the first jump off the cliff, ooh, that's the most scary. But then you jump down and you kind of go back to the top up there. And I'm a stronger person as it relates to jumping off this cliff because the first experience strengthened me. Mm. So, and I think we all have metaphorically many cliffs to jump Mm. off of. Therefore, a hell of a lot of opportunity to strengthen ourselves. Mm, Absolutely right. And it's about taking a a small step at a time. You don't have to go the whole staircase as they say yeah man i part of me wishes that wasn't true however that's been nothing but resoundingly true in my life Mm. and and i think you know trying to focus on that whole staircase is an interesting defense mechanism that keeps us from even beginning because it's you know trying to take 12 steps at one time uh, means we can't take a single step we're setting our uh, selves up with impossible expectations. But if we're willing to do the humble thing of one step at a time, 
the scary part is now we can actually take action. Mm. Now we're actually stepping to the arena of our own life. Mm. Yeah. And it ties back beautifully to what you just said in relation to the writer's block as well. Okay. Just before we wrap up, tell me, what do you love about Wired for Wonder? What I love about Wired for Wonder is the large amount of seekers uh, that are there. To me, I'm very inspired by the seeking mindset. And what I mean by the seeking mindset is looking to go beyond one's current scope of thinking, feeling, expressing themselves, be it in their personal life, business life. What's the difference is really an interesting question of personal life and business life. But people who are looking to expand uh, their mind their perspectives, let go of the old beliefs that are that once served them, and now they're just weight. Because I think we need we need newness. We need to uh, uh, be challenged out of our comfort zone. So, to me, the seeker implies someone who's actively striding out of their comfort zone into a new frontier. And I think the the beautiful uh, abyss of our lives deserves to be explored. And I think we need to activate our inner seeker. So I get very inspired seeing lots of people at Wired for Wonder doing just that. Mm, it is. It's a very exciting space. And I'm sure everyone that's attended enjoyed it. And for those of you listening who haven't been, you'll have to come along next time. All right, well, that wraps up our time, but thanks again for chatting with me. You're very welcome, Monica. Thank you for having me on board. All right, take care, JP.